Welcome into the first edition of the SU Football Preview Series. I'm Matt Bonaparte. Syracuse, of course, faces off against Ohio University on September 4th to kick off the year. So I thought we'd go out and get the play-by-play broadcaster for the Ohio Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Matt, good to talk to you. And it's amazing that we're, we're going to get there, that September the 4th, is going to eventually be here to start this 2020 season, 2021 season, because we didn't say much about the 2020 season at all. Yes, it's absolutely spectacular that we're back. We're playing football. The fans will hopefully be in attendance in full force. It's going to be a great atmosphere once again. And Russ, it's your year 13 for you as the voice of the Bobcats. It's year 17 for the headman Frank Solich as coach of the Bobcats. He's been a perfect example of consistency in his time coaching the Bobcats. A 115-82 record with only two sub-500 seasons. Not to mention, Solich has led Ohio to four Mac East titles along with with 11 bowl game appearances. What's it like having such an established coach around, and what does he mean to this program? Well, Frank has, has been everything for this program, and there have been periods of winning at Ohio University in football before, uh, but it was it was largely a, a, a basketball school. Uh, but I think people certainly recognize that uh, Ohio is a football uh, school as well now, and he is the reason why. Um, to elevate the program to this level, to where people nationally know about Ohio University football, uh, the fact that they've won bowl games, that they've been competitive in the back. The one thing that hasn't been done has been winning that elusive MAC title. And the last time that that happened here for the last charter member left in the league was 1968. And so that's still the last thing out there, but that takes nothing away from what he's done. Um, because it was an afterthought for uh, a lot of years, for, for some decades there. Uh, and obviously Jim Grobe uh, shouldn't be forgotten for what he did at Ohio and then went on to, to Wake Forest and, and what he established at Ohio as well. Uh, but what Frank has been able to do is, has been to take that winning to a consistent level, uh, to a national level. Um, and I think uh, Ohio is in position year in and year out to be competitive in the Mac East and competitive for a bowl win as well. Yeah, and you talk about how long a time he's been there doing that thing and he was at Nebraska for a while being successful comes to Ohio brings that success he only got to coach three games last season in the in the max abbreviated year but we still got to see the running back Demontre Tuggle show off for the Bobcats the Ohio offense was heavily geared in favor of running the ball in those three games with Tuggle returning next season what kind of production do you expect to see in the backfield well, everybody had their decision on if they wanted to come back or not. DeMontre uh, decided to uh, come back and, and go for another year. And uh, that just adds uh, to the quality of character of the individual that he is, that he felt that he still had a little bit more to accomplish here at Ohio. And he wanted to be a part of a, a full senior campaign. And he's just a hard-nosed runner. He's, he's built well. He hits the hole well. He's got good vision. He can shift well. He can take contact well. And he can really get out in open spaces and run. Uh, and he's a fun one to watch. He's incredibly productive. He's uh, a humble young man, and uh, not a young man anymore. And uh, he's been a leader for this football team in that building and, and in the community as well. Uh, and I think that's another step uh, that a lot of student athletes across the country have had to take through the COVID year and, and through all that was 2020 going into 2021. But DeMontre has been very vocal and, and positive 
uh, in his uh, leadership in that regard. Yeah, and sticking with the offense, quarterback Curtis Rourke got his first taste of college football action in 2020. Through three games, he wasn't necessarily bad, but also wasn't necessarily the focal point of the offense. He threw the ball just 44 times compared to 53 rushes from Tuggle. Of course, Curtis's brother, Nathan, played for the Bobcats from 2017 to 2019 and was absolutely spectacular. He finished his career second in Bobcats history in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns, and if his throwing ability wasn't good enough, he could get it done on the ground, too. He finished eighth all-time in rushing yards and second in rushing touchdowns. He was an absolute freak. What kind of impact does that make on Curtis to have to follow up that act? Well, they're, they're just two quality individuals, uh, and it's just a great family, and uh, they, they they speak well. They're, they're smart. Uh, they're just good people. Um, I think their skill set is a little bit different. So, Yes, they, they share the name, and yes, they're, they're brothers, and, and yes, they love each other, and yes, they're, they're great at football, but they do it in a little bit of a different way. Um, Nate uh, certainly could get out in the option a little bit more and could be, I think, a little bit shiftier in running. Uh, I think Curtis is geared a little bit more to being a bit of uh, more of a pocket passer, um, and so I, I think it will be interesting to see how Ohio's wide receiving core develops through the course of 2021. Uh, really, there, there are a lot of negatives to 2020 uh, but the positive was well you've got that year that you're able to use during that year and, and you get that year back uh, so it was kind of like a, a fall training of sorts for Curtis being the starting quarterback and it's not necessarily lock solid at least from the Bobcat camp that he's the number one starter you know I've been here 13 years and, and Ohio has played multiple quarterbacks in multiple years so uh, Armani Rogers, who's a UNLV transfer who played in the three games last year as well. He's a, a, a more running quarterback, and he was for the Rebels. Uh, so Ohio has dual threat, but with two different bodies. And it'll be interesting to see how Ohio uses both this 2021 season. And when we talk about the uncertainty that the COVID year brought uh, you know, that was in how many games would they play, who would come back, who would decide to leave. And, and a lot of that comes down to the transfer market. When we come to the transfer market, Ohio has had players come and go. As for the exports, the most notable was the second leading receiver, Shane Hooks, who was a three-star out of high school and in his only full season with Ohio, put up solid numbers, five touchdowns through the air over 515 yards. What does his departure mean to a team that's aerial attack is already lacking? You know, it's interesting. I, Ohio is just, in, in, in my time, they've been able to find guys uh, to be able to catch and, and make plays uh, out in space as, as wide receivers. And Ohio goes to the tight end a great deal, too. Uh, so I, I think the development of Curtis is going to hinge on the fact of the development of, of the wide receiving core. But I, I've just gone to the assumption that Ohio is going to find guys that are going to be able to make plays. And they have, you know, going back to, to guys in, in, in the early stages of Frank's uh, tenure uh, at Ohio to, to right now. So, uh, yes, it is a concern. Yes, it is a question mark. Uh, but I'll be finding that out as, as we all find that out. But I'm, I'm certain that Ohio will be able to find some guys even with some departures. 
And when you take a look at the Bobcats' schedule this year, it's no cakewalk. They obviously face Syracuse on September 4th to start the season. Then a couple weeks later, they're away at Louisiana Lafayette. Then the next week after that, they host Northwestern. And one more non-con road trip a couple weeks later up to Buffalo. And don't forget about the conference slate. They've got to take on Central Michigan, who beat them in the abbreviated 2020 season, as well as Kent State, Miami, Ohio, and Toledo. What kind of year do you expect Ohio to have in 2021? Well, it is a very difficult non-conference schedule, and 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 one correction there: uh, the Duquesne game is is the FCS game. The Buffalo game is a conference. Oh, gotcha. Um, Excuse me. Uh, yep, yep. And and Ohio will go to Northwestern, which will be the second trip back uh, to Chicago for the Wildcats in my tenure here. And I'm I'm a Chicago land native, so that's always exciting. This is a difficult non-con schedule, and the University of Louisiana, those raging Cajuns. They showed what they can do, uh, and they've done it for a couple of years now. Uh, the trip there is going to be uh, very difficult. That's going to be a Thursday night game. That's going to be national TV Thursday night uh, prior to the start of midweek football, which generally comes later in the year. And that's that's going to be fun for, for both programs to go down to the swamp and play that game. Uh, having Syracuse here is, is huge. Uh, there haven't been a ton of of a power conference marquee named schools come into Peden Stadium uh, during my time uh, at Ohio. I, I, UConn, after their Fiesta Bowl trip, Kansas has been here. Um, Pitt, obviously, was a historic win when they were in the Big East, um, and Ohio won that game in, in, in Frank Solich's uh, first year here. Uh, so there haven't been a lot of those. So having Syracuse here is big. Uh, and going up to Chicago is big against Northwestern, too. So it's it's a schedule, I think, that's going to test Ohio. Realistically, if you can get two and two through that, hopefully with the win over the FCS, uh, Dukes of Duquesne, uh, Frank Solich has never lost to an FCS program during his time here at Ohio. If you can get through that two and two somehow, hopefully you want to win them all, but, but two and two is a realistic goal for sure. Uh, then you can hopefully uh, be able to make some moves in the MAC. The MAC East is a little bit more difficult now with the resurgence of Flash Fast in Kent State. So um, that one uh, in the opener is going to be big for both sides. And it's Dino Babers coming back into a, a MAC building yep. again. Of course, Ohio uh, saw him uh, during his two years at BG, and Ohio lost both times uh, to the Falcons 33 13 and 62 24. So I think. Dino knows what Frank's all about. Frank knows what Dino's all about. And I think it's going to be a fun, hopefully packed Peden Stadium opener uh, on September the 4th. And Syracuse is 2-0 and all-time against Ohio, but I wouldn't put too much stock into that history. As <laughs> this is the 100-year anniversary of that last matchup between these two teams. My last question for you, and of course, it's still a ways away. What's your prediction for this game's outcome? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't make predictions as far as score goes. I, I think that's you get fine. Yourself in trouble, trouble for doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting for both sides. I mean, look, Syracuse. You know, one win last year, and, and not even all that many uh, narrow losses. I think two by single digits. So I'm sure they feel that they're better than what they showed last year. And I think Ohio's just chomping at the bit to get out there to play somebody else for their fourth game since winning. Uh, in Boise uh, back at the start of uh, 2020. So um, anybody's guess right now, uh, I think it will be a great one for Ohio to get. Either way, it's going to be a tone setter for the season to come, and, and I guarantee fun.
at Peden Stadium. Gotcha. That's the one guaranteed prediction that I can make. Well, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, Ohio is looking to be a solid squad, and Syracuse, one of the worst teams in the Power Five last year, if they don't come in with the same vigor that they'd come in against Clemson with, it could be a real close one. So, <laughs> Russ, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. If you want to follow Russ, head over to Twitter at Russ Eisenstein. For more of our coverage, go to orangefizz.net or at orangefizz on Twitter. I'm Matt Bonaparte. See you next time.